Amira, I don't know about you, but traveling with a stylish, well-designed piece of luggage makes me feel so put together. Even if I've had no sleep, I'm so jet lagged, can't find my passport, I'm racing through airport security because I'm obviously late. If I have my away bigger carry-on, which is in the most gorgeous shade of green, by the way, then I feel like I can literally take over the world. I know exactly what you mean, Fleur. I'm obsessed with my away suitcase, but it's because I'm a serial overpacker and away suitcases come with a super sleek interior organisation system that includes a built-in compression pad to help me squeeze as much in my suitcase as possible. That's just code for more shoes, right? (laughs) Right. Away creates suitcases, bags and accessories thoughtfully designed for seamless travel to change the way we see the world. And now, when even the familiar looks different, you can count on Away's range of essentials to solve real travel problems whenever you take that next trip. And better yet, there's a 100-day trial on everything Away makes. Take the product out on the road, live with it, travel with it, get lost with it for 100 days. If you decide it's not for you, you can return any non-personalised item for a full refund during that period. No ifs, no buts, no ands. How about it, Amira? Let's get exploring. Let's do it. Start exploring today at awaytravel.com. Hello, and welcome to The Upgrade, the ultimate travel podcast brought to you by Suitcase Magazine. I'm Fleur Rollette Manis. And I'm Amira Hashish, and we're here to help you travel smarter. Unpacking Suitcase Magazine's best bits. The Upgrade is a conversation starting podcast that brings escapism and inspiration to wherever you're listening. Join us as we spotlight emerging trends, deep dive into up and coming destinations and catch up with the people changing the way we travel, including award-winning authors, iconic hoteliers and pioneering conservationists paving the way for the modern day traveller. Plus, we share some of their top travel tips and must-visit recommendations from around the world. I feel like because we absolutely love to travel and experience new cultures, explore unusual, like off the beaten track territories, we sometimes miss that the greatest discoveries can be a lot closer to home. So for this episode, we are doing exactly that. We are going to be looking at the UK travel scene through the lens of true adventure seekers. Yep, I spoke to travel lovers and real life lovers, Charlie and Jess, <laughs> aka The Travel Project, about their initiative, Achievable Adventures. They describe it as a movement focused on changing the adventure space. And they set themselves a goal of having 52 adventures, all based in the UK, over the space of around a year. I absolutely love this initiative they started, by the way. Mm. Um, it feels as if they're just, so I follow them on Instagram and I have like, I think maybe I followed them when they started like adventure, maybe like seven or eight, just like say I was an early. (laughs) (laughs) But they do seem to be taken on every corner of the UK and they're unearthing places I've actually never heard of or like ever knew existed. Um, Fun fact, their portrait photograph and taken on a red sail wooden boat actually made the cover of a suitcase's discovery issue. So the most recent issue, although actually by the time this is out, it might not be, um, volume 37. <laughs> but, and um, before reading the article, a lot of readers actually thought it was in like 
Sweden or Norway or somewhere really far, far flung and exotic. But it was actually shot in Norfolk. I know even that even surprised me when I saw the cover, actually. And that's what's so great about these guys. They aren't just talking the talk about UK staycations. They're properly getting out there and finding places that most people born and raised here never knew existed. And their passion is infectious. Would you say you're now a UK holiday uh, convert now, Amira? Well, let's just say I think a blend of international and UK travel is always fun. The Travel Project founders Charlie and Jess hope to inspire people in the UK to get out and explore more of what's on our doorsteps. Weekend to week long, budget to blow out, they chatted about some of the adventures that they've enjoyed experiencing the most. by Charlie and Jess from The Travel Project. First of all, guys, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've just had a a very precious new arrival, um, but you've also been on this incredible adventure together, an achievable adventure, in fact. And, And you launched a whole website and we followed you on social media. And can you tell us um, a little bit about these these 52 adventures that you went on across the UK? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you put it like that, it's kind of mad having a baby in amongst it all. Um, it's <laughs> a whirlwind, I have to say. Um, so yeah, our, our thing, if you like, is achievable adventure, which is essentially um, preaching the virtues of regular adventures. People um, doesn't have to be an extreme climbing of a mountain or going to faraway land. You can actually get your the benefits or, or feel the benefits of adventure, both mental and physical on smaller scale, more achievable adventures that fit around your nine to five or your lifestyle, essentially. They don't have to be very expensive. They don't have to be particularly long. Um, so off the back of the pandemic, um, or in the middle of the pandemic, actually, Jess came up with this, what I think is a great idea, which was to really um, showcase how um, varied the UK is as a, as a location for adventure and how accessible it is. Um, why don't we do 52 adventures in 52 weeks? At that time, we didn't really know we we're going to have a baby in the middle. Of it, I just might add, but <laughs> yeah, that would that's been the biggest adventure for sure. Um, so it was, it was like one of those things, you know, when you're you're kind of, uh, I don't know, having swapping ideas and just having a chat in the evenings. We tend to kind of throw out some big shouts, um, and then every now and then one of them sticks, and, and this was one of the the mad shouts that stuck. Um, and it's been well, we're eleven months into it now, so we've got we've got we've one done month. Forty three. Forty three. Yeah. So we've got oh, a wow. month to fit all those last ones in. So. <laughs> yeah, You'll do. It. I I have every faith, with or without baby, you guys, you're going to carry on with those adventures. Um, and you pointed out that uh, actually, the UK is made up of six thousand islands. But so where did you begin yeah. when it came to exploring them? I mean, you obviously can't take in all six thousand and fifty two adventures, but. <laughs> start with that i think we're, we're quite old school actually we often look at a map or google maps um, to be more modern i suppose um and just look at a part of the uk that we've never traveled to before and go right let's let's see what's what that place is about what what's happening there and then we often end up contacting locals and other people we find often on instagram who are doing interesting things but yeah we're pretty pretty much just find a spot that looks interesting that we don't know much about and then head there and just see what there is to do because yeah. I guess one thing we've found is that every part of the UK has something interesting and something to offer and I think that's what so often is overlooked people say okay the UK's got one or two things to do 
you've got you know some beaches in Cornwall and some mountains in Scotland and then otherwise you might as well go to Europe and that's just so not the case yeah yeah completely agree I mean it's an obvious thing to say but it's all driven by intrigue really uh, there's something really fun about looking at a map and just going should we go there um and then as Jess says then going there and, and checking it out for yourself and and um following that intrigue so yeah that's kind of how we do it um but the local aspect's big for us because no one knows a place like a local so if you can tap into that knowledge um your experience will invariably be um enriched massively we found Mm, it's so special that you can do this together as well you know and that um yeah you've managed to dedicate this this year and this adventure this one big adventure with a baby as well um to you know to making it happen I think that's that's really lovely and there's this this beautiful photograph of you both on this red sail wooden boat which actually made the cover of suitcases discovery volume it's it's so stunning and it's funny you know people often expect that to be taken somewhere that's in a really far-flung destination and and it's it was taken in the UK in Norfolk and I wondered whether that was one of your most treasured spots in the UK or if there are any other places that you've stumbled across that just felt particularly magical? Yeah, I mean, I think the, I like to think the magic of that moment is communicated through the image to some extent. Um, and in answer to your question, it was certainly right up there for us. It's one of those uh, moments on an adventure where everything aligns perfectly. It was um, midwinter. I think it was like middle of January, wasn't yeah, it, well, this year? Um, and as you mentioned, Norfolk, and it was just a beautiful sun sunset. Um, and we were sailing. Sun sunrise, sunset. No sunset. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were sailing sort of silently around these backwaters, and it was just it was just got one of those sort of special feelings. And I think it it um, epitomizes Norfolk in that it's very surprising. You would be shocked to see um, if when we first um, ventured there and traveled there we were very very surprised um mm. it's proximity to london you almost wouldn't think it would have the scale it has and the beauty it has yeah and i yeah. love i love the fact that you can just venture out of london for a you know a long weekend and have that moment you know yeah absolutely yeah. i think it epitomizes the achievable adventure thing because you know in answer the second part of your question was what other special places you got and and probably the answer to that are further afield i.e um the inner hebrides or um northern uh, ireland northern ireland yeah and that's obviously a bit more of a time investment but to be able to drive out of we live in east london drive out of east london and be in norfolk in two three hours um it starts to you start to look at the uk in a slightly different way it really is um uh, prime for adventure basically Mm. And you're both also, you like a bit of action, don't you? And that you, you're quite into kayaking and that kind of thing. Where would you suggest that we go if we want to do some some kayaking? Yeah, I mean, for, for, for me, I would say um, Pembrokeshire. Um, it's funny you say that because we're not actually, I wouldn't say we're into kayaking per se, because I like it as much as the next person likes it. But I think it's what kayaking enables you to do. So as a form of transportation, as a form of access, it allows you to view somewhere, for example, like the Pembrokeshire coast from a totally different angle, quite literally. Yeah, and I think in agreement to you, it's been a feature of the project, really different modes of transport. And I think that's been something that's really enabled us to see the UK in different in a different way. So we, we canoed the length of the Thames at one point last year. And that, again, we've both grown up at either end of the Thames, me in Oxford, Charlie in London. And, mm we got to see it in a whole different way just canoeing down it and there's a whole sort of community on the Thames of people who are these 
I didn't even know that about how many people are out there on boats and swimming and stuff. But they have been some of our favourite adventures, seeing the UK by water. I am also someone that is that loves the water, which in whichever way, shape, or form, you know, whether you're on it, you're you're swimming, you're kind of just looking at it. I just like to be near the water. Um, and if there is somewhere, if you if you wanted to go for a little dip, where would you recommend um, that people try out some wild swimming in the UK? Have you done that? Uh, yeah, we were talking about what what constitutes as wild swimming earlier actually I, I suppose it's anywhere outside of the swimming pool outside of that controlled environment my favorite one is it Lingkau? yeah there's i think it's the crater of an old volcano in wales but it's um the most unbelievable setting for um a lake right up in the mountains there um but the most extraordinary thing is the color of the water it's completely crystal clear which does fool you into thinking perhaps it's going to be a little bit warmer than it is. And when you get in, it's shockingly cold. It's one of the coldest worlds. Really? Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's a good place to, to cut your teeth because if you can get in there, um, you can get in most you can places. You do it anywhere. Would mm. you say that's, that's right? I agree. I mean, the other thing, we, we do love to swim in, in rivers. Um, again, in, in the along the Thames on that trip, we just swam loads and... My parents still live fairly near there, so we go there on the odd morning when we're down seeing them. But, I mean, that's something that, unfortunately, more recently has been more difficult due to pollution issues with rivers, mm. which, I mean, don't get us started on that. That's something that's quite upsetting. But, I mean, the one bit of advice I suppose would give people on that is there are things online that you can look at to see how recently... Um, rivers have been polluted. Yeah, which yeah. is really? awful, but it means you can do it a bit more safely but they are it is there's something amazing about swimming in a river it all sounds very energetic but if if we also want to um discover some of those hidden beaches in the uk are there any off the beaten track beaches that have just been quite breathtaking for you that's really good question i think right up on the i'm not sure if you can class this as hidden but perhaps lesser known right up on the north coast of um scotland so what we call the edge of britain mainland britain anyway there's sango sands Durness um, beaches which are really do feel like you are um as close to being on a sort of another continent or even another planet as you can get in the UK. They're dramatic, vast beaches, um, the seas, um, unforgiving, rugged, uh, and there's hardly anyone up there. So that's an extraordinary special experience. And then moving sort of further west, there's, there's Mull, of course, which we love. Yeah, so, I mean, Scotland just is, is full of beautiful beaches. I don't know if you can go wrong, but I suppose as, as a Wales fan, you probably already know it, but the Lynn Peninsula is really beautiful. Mm. Um, and often, I think, overlooked because people, at least many people we know, tend to go to Pembrokeshire for beaches or Snowdonia for mountains. And mm. this little peninsula just off Snowdonia, if I'm correct. And yeah. it's the beaches there were just stunning. And I mean... Loads of them. Empty as well. Yeah, and then I finally have to say, we can't go without <laughs> mentioning Northern Ireland. So the, the Causeway Coast in Northern Ireland is something else. I mean, how I went 30 odd years without even really hearing about it. We went there last year as part of the 52-52 challenge and were just blown away by the beaches there. And quite a great surf location as well. I mean, we're total novices, but gave it a go. But um, I think for people who are good surfers, there was- You some... want to try something different right. and spectacular. Yeah, so basically we could go on forever about that it's it there's so many i mean people think about cornwall and they think about certain beaches in scotland but really there and northumberland you know that's another yeah. place that's full of extraordinary beaches so we're sport for choice I mean, if you wanted to do a bucket list beach british bucket league beach trip oh, that's sort of the time. <laughs> um, 
you would be in for a treat because yeah you, there's just so many absolute belters yeah there are I mean I grew up um very close to the Gower Peninsula I don't know if you made wow. it to yeah places like Rossilli and um and actually you know even the beaches that are much closer to uh, the mumbles in Swansea like Caswell and Langland that they are so so beautiful and sandy you know so yeah. um yeah. it's and there's so much surfing that goes on there but yeah I don't think people realize I actually sent someone from Australia to the Gower Peninsula once who, who'd lived in the UK a long time but claimed we didn't have any good beaches and mm. he came back and was like Oh my goodness! I did not he appreciate. It. Yeah, he did apologize. He <laughs> <laughs> really did. Um, now, of course, as another mode of transport is just our own two feet. Um, if people fancy a bit of hiking, again, an opportunity to kind of bod around and uh, you know check out some some cozy pubs and magnificent landscapes. Where, as part of your adventures, have you really enjoyed that? You know, that long, long hike or long walk. So most recently, a favourite was the Cairngorms, actually, again in Scotland. So I feel like, I mean, Scotland's quite a, an easy option because it's so beautiful. But um, the Cairngorms were amazing. There's lots of bothies there, which are, are quite cool, even if you don't want to stay the night, which if you're feeling adventurous, that's quite a nice thing to do. Um, but if not, we just stop to make a cup of tea in them and stop for a bit of a break. And what's quite cool about that is you often end up meeting other people there as well, which is, I think, as we say, part of the experience is often the people you meet along the way as well as what you're doing. Yeah. So that's been one of our, my favourite hikes most recently. Yeah, um, I mean, that's again up in Scotland, but if you want to bring it back just to demonstrate achievable nature, there are some great walks quite close to London. And you mentioned pubs there, which you could argue are fairly integral part to a, to a walk, especially if you're doing it kind of more of a ramble. Um, there's some amazing ones down in Sussex, um, in Kent, Seven uh, Oxfordshire, Sisters, Seven yeah. Sisters, um, park so yeah we're, we're again sport for choice now if we were to factor in some foraging so if we take it into a bit of a you know a foodie escape have you managed to do any foraging in the UK and um, source some delicious local ingredients yes that was actually probably one of our favorite adventures it was a coastal foraging course with a, a guy called Craig and he actually said to us you'll never look at the beach the same again which I mean, I couldn't agree more since sort of going there with him and him teaching us all about what you can find just under the sand, under your feet sometimes, where you can't, you don't even think there's anything there. Um, also from the water and different plants and he cooked it all up there. And it was, I mean, it was such a feast and every single part of it was just picked up that day. Mm. Um, that was, I yeah, guess it really I mean, made us look at things quite differently in terms of... Definitely. I think foraging is one of those things where until you look into it, it sounds kind of cool and exotic. When you delve into it, you do, you do, I, I didn't anyway realise how fertile the UK is for stuff like that and what a foraging adventure might actually look like. So doing that was incredibly cool. But our next project is actually almost exclusively um, based around foraging. So we've got really into it, basically. Mm. And it's a project examining a kind of what we call like uh, nature's table. So it's foraging and then cooking up and eating outside and exploring the relationship between food and the environment. So we're very into it. We're almost verging on a bit geeky about it. Uh, <laughs> Still don't really know our stuff. So don't yeah, so ask us which mushrooms to pick. Yeah, no, definitely don't ask us which mushrooms to pick. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a whole world there. I mean, I think it's indicative of this this sort of attitude that if you view, let's say, whales through a foraging lens, it's a totally different experience to if you were to view it through um, a, kayak. a kayak, you know, or, or mm. whatever the, the other 
um, vessel may be that you're exploring it through. So um, yes, and we, we advise everyone to try it, but don't try it without very extra special um, help in, in, in the form of an expert because it could go wrong. Yeah, uh, you, you don't want to pick up the wrong, the wrong bit of food to, to indulge yeah, in. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> no, it's so great though when you can have these moments of just like pure discovery and like you said you've now got this new passion project that you probably never imagined would have come into your life no, um, so- no, I think it's a good point we would never foresee something like that coming into our lives but the more you sort of say yes to things and get stuck in the more options open up and that's a great example of it definitely how, how about when it comes to cycling trails are there any that you would would recommend do you know what? We, we planned a big bike packing trip uh, this summer, but then uh, Sonny, our, our son, had different ideas by turning up. <laughs> um, I made that a little bit, a little bit trickier. Um, we're actually going on, a, on one on Saturday, aren't we? But no, nowhere particularly um, adventurous. It's just going to be a day cycle out of London and we're going to see where it takes us. I did one which was called Coast to Coast um, from the coast in the Lake District all the way to the coast um, sort of Northumberland just outside Newcastle. And that takes you across obviously the Lake District and all through there. And it was absolutely stunning. I think mm. it was about three days. And it was quite tiring, but um, it was, I mean, if someone wanted to challenge themselves and in somewhere really beautiful, I'd definitely recommend that. Oh, I love it though, guys. You really are living life to the max and squeezing the most out of your surroundings. I do think it's it's something, you know, we, we take for granted that we have so much going on around us. And yeah, your every inch of your doorstep is being explored. And I love that. Exactly. If, if someone was to, to sort of have an ideal UK itinerary, I mean, maybe it's someone who's actually, you know, visiting the UK from abroad. Is there, you know, a kind of a way that that would look for you? Are there certain places that would feature? I think um, it's a tricky one because obviously everyone has different tastes, but I think instead of a specific place, there'd more be specific things to sort of ingredients to add into it to make sure it was, well, for us, as good a, an adventure as possible. I think firstly, having somewhere quite cool to stay or interesting to stay, you know, get back to basics a bit more and cook, cook on a fire and heat things up on a fire and things like that. There's something quite nice about that. So I'd say where you stay, I think for us being close to water of some sort, so it could be a beach, lakes, rivers, but that offers so much sort of so many opportunities for adventure if you're near water yeah um, yeah so there are two things I would always I think, say. yeah that's quite a sensible answer and I agree with it totally I, the only thing I would say is that if someone was coming over from um, America or Australia or some anywhere really far flung um, India or China or any of these places I would send them to Scotland um, just because I just think that it's, it's one epic. of the, one of the most special places on earth and like can go toe to toe with the big boys in terms of um, extraordinary scenery. So mm-hmm. Jess is right. Perhaps people don't want it's personal, right? So they don't want to go that far. They can't go that far because of time or money or whatever it may be. Um, then there's so many great options um, uh, closer to London or Birmingham or wherever they may be. Um, but you, you can't beat Scotland that's what I think well I think a lot of people sort of gripe with the UK especially if they're from abroad it's probably the weather mm-hmm. right um and they'll go okay great you've got all these things but what about the weather but I think Scotland's got this something about it that almost a grey sort of miserable day can be just if not more epic than a beautiful one and the way yeah. the clouds roll in and it just looks quite moody it's never just flat 
and boring so hmm. maybe the weather works to your advantage in Scotland um, that's it let's turn the weather on its head and let it yeah. you know play into the <laughs> backdrop I like that guys but I also completely agree with you about finding somewhere unique to stay you know no matter where you are in the world you don't want to rock up at what feels like quite a sterile or unloved environment like I take so much at, from you know finding a place that you just feel has been nurtured and it doesn't have to be super fancy it's just you know something that that feels unique and precious and where what what are those have you like come across one or two places that stand out in that guise for you yes 100 i mean i think post pandemic as well these places are popping up across the uk in, in a really interesting fashion and before i actually answer the question i think it's worth touching on the fact that they are often labors of love as well. We, we meet a lot of um, founders or whatever you might want to call them, people who have started these um, accommodation offerings and they're nine and a half times out of 10, really interesting creative people who are doing it. Um, they're passion projects. They're really passion projects, it. yeah. So that's what we've got in abundance here in the UK. So we should feel very lucky for that. Um, and I'll, I'll say someone if you agree. I, there's, a, there's a place called The Living Room in Snowdonia, which is a set of tree houses and the forests there. We were lucky enough to stay. Um, totally sustainable, no electricity. Um, uh, they've got compost loos. It's real back to basic stuff, but it, it, they're all built up in the trees with sort of rope bridges. And it's an extraordinary experience staying there. And it offers something totally different to... to um, you know your bog standard um, house basically mm. um what would you throw in the mix yeah for another sort of off the grid one could bar in cornwall was, oh, yeah. was amazing um again you've sort of no electricity you've got the compost toilets and you're in these sort of quite incredible little structures which i mean aren't even that spacious but you just see your surroundings from a different angle you just living a bit more basically is actually, there's something really nice about that. You wake up when it gets light, for example, there's no curtains and things. Yeah. Um, that's quite incredible. And then I think if you're going a little bit more luxe, we've stayed in a couple of places in Scotland, which were just incredible. One was called 56 Nord, um, which is right by the lock and Eileen Donham Castle. Mm. That is, I mean, it's, it's sort of, scan they call it scandy scott but it's uh, <laughs> like yeah um but it's basically it's just a beautiful cabin but you know it's everything is like amazing bath beautiful like huge bed so that's the comfort side and i just to add to that it's the positioning of this place is really what makes it special it's got views of island on in the castle and it's got views of the lot coming in and pretty much 360 of the of the um, the glen and the hills and it's it's pretty special and they've designed it so you can see all of this from bed pretty much um, wow. which some experience so if you're feeling lazy you can sort of blag you are technically being adventurous even just having a lion because you're kind of in amongst it still so that's a good a good option and I would also say maybe you're about to say um uh was it Croft 103 yeah. um which is up on the far north coast of Scotland right on the edge there again which feels like you are on the edge of Britain we, we went there in um December January. or was it January yeah middle of winter um when it gets lighter 10 30 a.m and gets dark at 4 p.m and still absolutely loved it it's got an outdoor bath it's got um it's this sort of bungalow it's been done up to the nines with just beautiful um design basically um but it just nestles into the landscape so perfectly it feels like you're part of stuff um so yeah, those are two a bit more luxe and i think to add to charlie's point there when we went in the winter just for people who are maybe put off adventuring in the winter yeah there is something 
so nice if you do feel a bit lazy of having the excuse of not doing you can get up for sunrise and only be getting up at nine anyway so um you kind of get the best of both worlds of and again with sunset and still be at home having a nice glass of wine by the fire um so there is sort of a benefit of doing yeah exactly those winter adventures but yeah that's probably a a very summarized collection of our favorite places but there There are so many yeah well they are all added to my book of places to visit uh, of which there are lots but but honestly guys you do I know that you've done such an amazing job of seeking out these these very unique finds and um and you know just really immersing yourself in that community and uh, you know meeting the people behind them and and I do think a lot of the great side of travel as well as the incredible landscapes and experiences is is the people that you find along the way right so um it sounds like you found some real characters too Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just to sort of reiterate what we said is that the people who live in these extreme um, corners of the UK and in the world in general tend to be quite interesting people with, with mm. stories that are worth listening to. And they often match that with passion as well, whatever it is they may do. It might be um, someone who owns a sort of sailboat tour company in the um, Isle of Iona in Scotland or um, someone who owns a shepherd hut down in Sussex. They all have some attributes that, that thread them together. So we love going and meeting people like that because you feel like you're getting so much more from the experience and you're leaving um, not just a suntan like you might do in a European break, but you're leaving with knowledge and a better understanding of the place that you grew up and you live, which for us is, is the UK. Um, so that's a crucial element basically as you touched on definitely um well guys thank you so much for taking the time today Uh, i'm excited to see where your next few adventures of the 52 take you and hopefully you'll start another 52 after that (laughs) 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 thank you so much for, for, for the time though today and i hope sunny enjoys adventuring with the both of you Thank you very much for having us. I'm sure that you will. How's your travel calendar looking this summer, Amira? Busy, Fleur. What about you? It's so busy, but largely long haul, so I'm so excited. Travel is back and I get to glide through the airport wheeling my away suitcases. I've got one in green and they've accompanied me on trips to Cuba where I've travelled through sugarcane fields to Los Angeles, Botswana for safari and now we're off to Puerto Rico in a few weeks. Basically, my away suitcases are now my ultimate travel sidekicks. Where are you off to this summer? Well, lots of short hauls for me, actually, taking in Europe. So I'm going to Provence for a couple of days in the Côte d'Azur. And uh, and also my best friend is getting married in Santorini. So I've got to factor that in too. There really is no trip too big or too small, no matter where you need to go. Away offers a range of suitcases and other travel essentials made of different materials like polycarbonate, aluminium and durable nylon in a variety of colours and sizes to make all your trips more seamless. Start exploring today at awaytravel.com. There are so many amazing tips from Charlie and Jess. I've added so many of those places to my must-visit list. What do you think is the best under-the-radar UK escape now, Amira? Okay, well, I'm going to be honest here. I'm slightly biased. In fact, I'm completely biased. (laughs) But for me, the Gower in in Wales, in South Wales, ticks all the boxes. It's where I happen to half be from. 
um, and I've spent so much time. But you know what? I took it for granted as a kid and I go back to the Gower now and I'm just like, this is truly incredible that we have this in the UK. The The place to base yourself is, is Mumbles Village. And that's where there's, you know, lots of cute little independent stores and restaurants and cafes. And from there, you're close to the World Heritage site that is the Gower, like super close. I'm talking a kind of 10 minute, 15 minute drive. So if you base yourself in the village, there there's actually a new pub with rooms that's just opened and it's called the Oyster House and it's right on the seafront. So you've just, it, it looks really cute and you've just got these non-interrupted views of the sea, which is lovely. And there's a restaurant that's about a two or three minute walk away from there called Moor, a small restaurant, just a few tables. So you absolutely must book in advance, but they have the most beautifully curated dishes with fresh local food. So very seafood focused again. And I'd say definitely, definitely go there. And there's also um, the Gower Seafood Hut, which is this hut that's that's on the, the Mumbles Promenade, which is forever in the kind of best restaurants in the UK list. It's not technically a restaurant. It's literally like a little shack. Is it shack. like a, sh- a shack shack? Okay, yeah. Cool. The, and, um, and the couple who run it just, you know, pop up for the summer season, get all the local fresh fish and and just do their thing and it's just so good so you can like go for a walk along the front with with something really tasty um there's also joe's ice cream which anyone coming from um south wales will champion it's i'm not joking i've tried a lot (laughs) of ice cream in my life including plentiful gelato in italy nothing in the world beats joe's ice cream flying (laughs) flying the flag flying the flag really am what about somewhere for like people like me that love to do like an after dinner cocktail so your place is Gin and the Juice. Okay. It's another Snoop new Snoop Dogg, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, beautiful interiors. Again, right on the front. So you've got this sea view as a backdrop. And the cocktails there are just really great. And um, and actually, if you want to kind of do brunch before a cocktail, if you're doing it that way, then try Full of Greys, which is... Um, is it, it like bougie brunch, casual brunch? Like what kind of vibe is that? I'd say it's like casual coastal brunch. But then you can do the okay, bougie cool. for your cocktails afterwards I at like Gin that. and the Juice. There's even a Michelin star restaurant. Oh, so now we're talking bougie. Yeah, now <laughs> if you want bougie, I'll give you bougie. So this yeah. is where we take it more into the kind of proper um, Gower Peninsula, but in Oxwich Bay, which is just a stunning, stunning beach. Um, there's this place called the Beach House Restaurant, which got its Michelin star. And it's, yeah, just incredible. And actually, if you want to do, you know, beaches, there's Langland and Caswell Bay, which are super close to the Mumbles. But then you take it out to Oxwich or Three Cliffs yeah. and Rosilli. Can you swim there, surf there? Like what's what's the vibe? I mean, we're talking world class surfing. Okay. Like proper. In fact, someone I was in school with ended up, you know, flying out to Hawaii for competitions Stop and stuff. That. Yeah, yeah. It's a, they take surfing seriously in Swan. I, I wish I could surf. <laughs> Me too. I actually can't. I'll, I'll learn. I'll learn I, the Mumbles. You could. You could do a little <laughs> surfing class. Um, yeah, the sandy, sandy beaches. And actually, the only thing with Wales is you're not guaranteed the weather. So you can always just do a nice hike. Okay. And it's it's about two hours 45 direct from London on the train. So, wow. um, yeah, it's actually a lot closer than people yeah, realise. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, one of those kind of easily accessible um, options. So that's my tip. Like I said, biased, but I... I I will stand by it. it. Go go to the Gower and have a lovely time. Okay. Okay. (laughs) How about you, Fleur? Wes, are you going to be equally biased or have you got uh, something else, obviously? (laughs) No, I'm not. But this might surprise you. I am actually going to mention somewhere else in Wales. Well, thank goodness for that. I am. Um, So have you heard of a restaurant and rooms called Inshire? 
I haven't, but I absolutely should have. Okay, so I, I'm i not sure what part of Wales it's in. Uh, <laughs> I drove there with my mum and all she was doing was screaming that I was going to hit pheasants along the way. It was the most painful drive of my life. Um, however, um, I think I might have spoken about it before on the podcast, but I just feel it does not get as much t- uh, attention as um, it deserves. So it's a restaurant with rooms and they have... I want to say like 11, 12 rooms from memory. Mm. Um, Gareth Ward is the chef. He's incredible. He unapologetically says that um, he's a massive meat lover and he has a whole um, Himalayan salt room where he um, ages Wagyu. Like it's a real experience. It's an incredible multi-course tasting menu. Um, You can't stay there without eating at the restaurant and you shouldn't you should mm. not stay there without eating at the restaurant it is insane it's quite honestly some of the best food i've ever had in in, in the uk wow. like what he does is amazing okay that's definitely one to add to my list as well i love that fleur so i know we're always the pair of us on the hunt for new always. hotel openings wherever they are in the world um especially if they fall into the boutique or you know slightly off Absolutely. the beaten track or design-led categories what recent or soon to open UK openings are you most excited about? I feel like we've been waiting for artist resident in Bristol for like years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it's one that everyone's like been been waiting for, especially because Bristol's hotel scene definitely could use like a bit of injection, a bit of love. Yeah. Bristol's such a cool city. Um, and it definitely deserves somewhere as curated and independent as artist residents. So I'd say there for sure. Um, My and sister then... went there actually. Um, did and she? Yeah, she did. She just did a, a little um, staycation and really loved it. She was, yeah. and she actually knows Bristol well because she went to uni there. So yeah, she really enjoyed. Yeah, I I think it's just what, what I think what artist residents do is they do pitch up in really like smart parts of the UK yeah. and bring a really like homegrown vibe. Um, and it's nice to see something other than like a big chain in Bristol, right? Like there's there's really few and far between. Sure. So I think it just matches their whole independent vibe that they've got going on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say cabins. Um by Lakes by You. Oh, so yeah. So are these new? Because Lakes by You has been on my radar since yeah. forever, but I've actually not been. But they've got new cabins. New cabins. New cabins for this summer. Um, I'm actually staying there in July Ooh. with a couple of my girlfriends, which would be fun. And But they're essentially catered for people that don't want to rent some of the bigger houses on the lake, right? Um, because obviously those can sleep, what, like 8 to 10, upwards of 10. Um, and these are for much more like intimate groups. So I think mm. the one we've got... Um, sleeps for from memory um but it's super cute i guess it's like soho farmhouse vibes but yeah. more boutique um you can wake up in the morning i'm hoping we're gonna have good weather so that we can wake up go paddleboarding go kayaking i'll feel like i'm in like sweden and i'm not i'm in the Cotswolds. <laughs> um but yeah and i feel like it's a really good one because you can get there so easily from london right like it's it's super simple um I'd say somewhere else actually in London that I'm excited for um, is the other house in in South Ken. So yeah, at the I've moment, good thing. Yeah, I feel like at the moment, like we were just talking about this, right? There's a real movement in the UK and in terms of like 
hotel part hotels part members club mm-hmm. like we're getting all bougie here right we're <laughs> with, there's a lot of members clubs opening in london and i suppose and, it's a community thing though isn't it yeah and like a creator thing like i feel like mm. people want to be around like-minded people um especially where we've been like craving human connection um so i'd say that and then obviously 22 fits into that bracket as well yeah yeah for sure what hotels are on on your radar Okay, so yeah, a couple for me. I really want to check out the Broadwick in Soho. So the designer there is Martin Brzezinski, who's just good. Yeah, you're a big fan. I am. I mean, he knows how to create a moment. Same guy that did Annabelle's note. Exactly. He's Annabelle's. Um, He's also uh, just done a club in New York, not New York, sorry, in Los Angeles uh, called The Brightly. He just knows how to do things that are completely over the top. Yeah, Very maximalist. Hedonism, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, and actually you probably wouldn't kit out your entire space like it, but you can get a little bit of um, interiors in spo. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of jush. Uh, so I just I just feel like his his new yeah. hotel is just going to be somewhere you really want to bed in. I feel like also Soho is like overdue a new hotel, right? Oh, yeah. actually you've got Chateau Denmark, which... Um, yes, which is super which cool. Is huge. Yeah, and huge. It's a whole like emporium of creativity. Yeah, and music um, themed. Yeah, mm. I feel like Soho is going to have a moment, right? I it's going to... Yeah, people are coming back to central yeah. London and they want to feel like they're staying somewhere really exciting. I love it. Stay right in the heart. Yeah. Well, there's another one that actually is opening in London that we are both doing a, a behind the scenes tour of I think which we is are. Raffles London at yeah. the do you say OWO or the OWO oh however you say I just it. think ooh, of OVO and yeah, oh I just think of OVO and Drake's so unsure uh well, answers on a postcard <laughs> yeah well either way we know it's Raffles so it's going to be glamorous yeah and um yeah I'm excited about that one We want to hear where you're travelling to. Whether it be a staycation in Cornwall or a trip to Capri, we love hearing where you're going. Send us your voice notes to flirt at suitcasemag.com. We'd also like to thank Soho Works, Soho House's members-only co-working space. With sites across London, New York and in LA, it's a perfect place for the travelling professional to work. Membership grants you access to all of their global sites, we're actually in one now utilising their podcast equipment. At Soho Works, you'll also find exclusive events, networking and an active digital community on the new Soho Works app. To view locations and apply, visit www.sohohouse.com forward slash membership forward slash works.